Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. are listening to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick, paediatric doctor turned weight loss coach. I help busy, ambitious mums overcome the frustration of not losing weight. I teach them to eat and live healthily, to look after themselves and feel fit and fabulous. If you want to lose weight by eating healthily, I invite you to sign up for my free roadmap, three easy steps to weight loss for busy mums. Just go to my website, drorlina.com, that's dr. O-R-L-E-N-A dot com and you'll find it on the homepage and in the sidebar. If you're interested in working with me as a weight loss coach, you can find out more and book a chat by going to the coaching tab. I also have a healthy recipe service, My Kitchen Miracles, that I created for my clients and have now opened up for everyone. Healthy recipes that will support your weight loss goals and provide your family with healthy, tasty foods. You can find out more in the My Kitchen Miracles tab. Welcome back to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. How are you doing today? It is the end of October as I record this and the weather has changed here. It is definitely no longer summer. It is autumn and we have had rain, so much rain, torrential rain. A few days ago, I was at the swimming pool. You know how I love to go swimming, right? And there was so, so much rain and thunder that they had to close the swimming pool because they didn't want fried swimmers. And when we got out, the entire town was like a river. I wished I had a boat and not a car. And I was very, very grateful that they didn't let the children out of school because honestly, they would have been swept away. So sensibly, they made all the parents come to school. Normally, my children would walk back, but I had to go and drive and collect them. Luckily, my children's school is at the top of the hill. So all the water had disappeared by the time we got home. But a little bit of excitement for us today, for for us there. Okay, so today we are talking about habits 
more specifically about habits and identity. Have you noticed that we have had a theme of habits recently? A few weeks ago, we had how to create habits, and then we had the habit of gratitude. Why am I talking so much about habits? Because habits are one of the main keys. I want you to get to this stage where you lead a healthy life, you eat healthy food without thinking about it. And the key to that is habits. Laugh out loud. Sorry about that ping. That ping was my husband telling me that there's coffee outside. Am I so grateful for my husband? However, I don't know how to turn the ping off and I definitely don't know how to edit it out. So apologies for that. Now, before we get started talking about habits, just a few little things to remind you about. Now, when I sent out the survey to people, somebody said, or a few people said, they want competitions. And it made me go, oh my goodness, I don't know how to run a competition. So I'm trying an experiment competition to remind you, if you leave a a review on any podcast app, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you use, if you leave a review and you email it to me, which you can just reply to one of the emails I send out. And if you're not on my email list, why not come and join the email list? You can see the email list at drorlena.com, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com. And there's loads of ways to sign up. And the prize that I am giving out is an hour's coaching. And coaching is really amazing. It really helps you get clear on what's holding you back from making changes and how you can start making changes. So an amazing prize, come and enter that competition. Secondly, next week, I am super excited to invite you all to How to Lose Weight and Lead a Healthy Life Workshop. And it's going to be a four-part video. So next week, there will be two videos. And the first video, we're going to be talking about the one essential thing that you need to do to lose weight. And in the second video, we're going to be talking more about nutrition and the three easy steps that you need to use. So those videos will be available Wednesday and Friday of next week. So that's November the 6th. But you can sign up now. And the sign up is drolina.com and then a slash healthy and a middle bit, a guillonette, a dash thing, workshop. Oh my goodness, my brain clearly does not work in English anymore. Guillonette is the word in Catalan, and my brain obviously is not as young as it used to be. So anyhow, doctor, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash healthy dash workshop, and you can sign up there. So it's going to be amazing. Okay, habits and identity. So I love this quote from James Clear. Identity change is the north star of habit change. So you want to decide the type of person you want to be and prove it to yourself with small wins. And one really useful question that you can ask yourself is, what would a healthy person do? So today we are talking to a lady called Elizabeth Sherman, who lives in Mexico, lucky her, and I'm super excited. She's a health coach, a health and weight loss coach, and she's going to talk to us all about this. And just a little bit about her, just looking at her website, it says, I help high-functioning executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders with executive presence improve their professional and personal performance by coaching them to better health through easy-to-do sustainable habits. So she is the queen of habits. So welcome, Elizabeth. I am super excited to welcome Elizabeth Sherman to talk to us. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for 
coming all the way from Mexico, not coming all the way, but you know what I mean, (laughs) being there all the way from Mexico. I'm very jealous of Elizabeth because it's nice and sunny where she is and it's cold here in Spain. Now, today we are going to talk about changing habits. And this is something that really interests me because I can see how when you're in a habit, it's super easy to be in that habit. And we all think, oh, I just want to change my habits and get healthy habits. But that process of changing can be really tricky and really difficult. And some people find it very easy and some people find it really difficult. So we're going to delve into changing habits. And we're also, which I'm super excited about, going to have a think in more detail and more depth than I've previously been to in the podcast on this idea of thoughts leading to emotions, leading to actions. So Elizabeth, let's start off and tell me what are some of the challenges that you see that people have when they want to change habits? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Um, so what I find is that oftentimes, so it's just after the new year for everyone who's listening and, uh, lots of people love to have new year's resolutions. They want to start the new year and they really want to, you know, make this next year, the year that they either get rich or get healthy or get fit or finally fit into that, you know, size six jeans or whatever it is. And so what I find is that a lot of people will bite off more than they can chew, so to speak, um, at the beginning of the year. So they have these great plans of what they want the end result to be. And what they'll do is they'll actually act from where they are today and make all of those changes of where they want to eventually be. And so what I would like people to think about is that you don't actually have to accomplish this goal within the first few weeks of the new year. You have an entire year to actually get there. And so instead of doing it all right now, we can actually be a little bit more selective and ease into it, lean into those changes of habits so that you can be more successful long term. So you are saying we're all super impatient. Thank goodness, because I thought it was just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, we are. We all want it yesterday. It's it's part of the human experience. That is really interesting. And I'm really, really glad that you said that because I know that I kind of see it as a personality trait or I don't know, a bad thing that I'm super impatient. Um, but anyhow, moving on. So this other que- this next question I find really fascinating too. Why is it that some people can just change habits really easily and carry on doing those whilst other people really struggle? What is the difference that happens there? That Yeah, so this is something that's really, I don't want to say plagued me, but you know, I've been a health coach for about 12 years now. And it's something that, you know, over these 12 years, it's something that I've really reflected on, not only with my own habits, but those habits of my clients. Like, why is it that this thing that seems so easy for some people is really difficult for others? And why is it that one client of mine can be really uh, consistent in her exercise, but cannot get her eating together? while another one is really, you know, 
on top of her nutrition, but just cannot get consistent with her exercise. And so we know that consistency is what really leads to results. And so, you know, what is it about one person to, to the other? And what I came away with is that it all has to do with our identity. So for me, I know that, um, I had done lots of different uh, athletic pursuits. I did some bodybuilding for a while, and um, I also played roller derby. But it wasn't until I actually ran a half marathon. And I remember specifically at that point that I immediately thought of myself as an athlete. And that one trigger of having that identity of being an athlete then allowed me to be consistent in my own exercises. And so where before I wasn't as consistent of, you know, going to the gym on a regular basis, even though I was a a health coach. So, I mean, we are not immune from this. Um, We all have problems with consistency. And so I really realized that it was that one switch of, how we identify ourselves that will really set us up for success or failure. So, um, you know, what makes one person go on vacation or have, um, you know, a life event that takes them away from their natural habits. And when that life event or vacation is over, they just naturally go back into it uh, versus the other person who says, well, I've had this hiccup. And so now I'm just going to blow it off until I can dedicate time to it again. And again, it really has to do with who we are as a person, who we identify as. And once we have that identity, then everything else kind of bubble ups or bubbles up from that. So once we have that identity of I'm a healthy person or I am a an athlete or I love eating vegetables then we can create or we naturally create beliefs and values that go along with that. We uh, acquire abilities. So the ability to cook healthy foods, the ability to make good decisions, uh, the ability to go running, if that's our thing. Um, And then after that, it's our habits and then our environment. And I think that so often we look at the environment and we set ourselves up for success there, um, but we don't go all the way down to who we are with that new thing because it, it feels it feels uncomfortable. Uh, if I decide that I want to start running and uh, you know I go out and I run a few times and then I tell my friends, yeah, I started running, it may feel insincere for us, even though we have the clothes and we set ourselves up for success by putting our shoes out every night and getting our, uh, our clothes together. Um, environment, setting up our environment is great, but then once we like hit a polar vortex and it's cold outside, we don't necessarily, uh, have that, that identity of wanting to go out and go running, uh, because it's, it's not who you it's are. Just, exactly. No, I totally exactly. get it. And it's really interesting because I've been thinking about this today, actually. So it's kind of kind of spooky that you're talking about it now. And I recorded uh-huh. a podcast earlier called Magic Words about kind of the same thing, but um, 
talking about looking at my kids. And I think this, when we go back to that idea of thoughts, creating emotions, creating actions, it's really thinking about the thoughts right at the thing, at the front. So you think, I am a runner, so you put on your shoes and you go running, as opposed to somebody who thinks, I occasionally go for a run and I'm not doing it today. So how do you change that inner voice? How do you change how you perceive yourself? Because it's not as easy as, you can't just go, you know, well, I, for example, I want to get rich. I am a millionaire. Well, I'm not a millionaire, so I can't convince myself of that. So how do you do it? Well, so yeah, doing affirmations and mantras is one way of doing it. Um, But like, for instance, if you want to be at a place of, let's say, um, it feels really disconnected between where you are and where you want to be. Um, there are a couple key phrases that you can put in place. One is I am in the process of believing that. So I am in the process of believing that I am an athlete, um, or I am really excited for when I become an athlete. So it's, you know, we want our affirmations to be positive. We want them to be present tense. So in other words, you wouldn't say something like, I want to be an athlete because then that will always put you in the state of wanting that. Um, but you want to say things that are current and in present because otherwise your subconscious brain, because that's what we're talking about right now yeah. is that identity and the subconscious brain. Um, so if we uh, put it in the negative, since the subconscious brain doesn't process the negative. So another example might be that, um, I do not overeat. Okay. So let's say that that's my affirmation. So what the subconscious brain would hear is I overeat because it would drop out the not. So you want to say something like I eat the right amount of food for my body. Sure. Or I feel comfortable around large quantities of food. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we want to start changing habits, how is the best way to go about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, getting back to making habit change in small incremental changes. You know, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that we, we have problems with is that based on our previous actions, we decide whether we are going to be successful going forward. So let's say that every year I create this New Year's resolution that I am going to, you know, this is going to be my year. This is going to be the year that I get healthy. And every year I pick a new diet. I pick a new type of exercise and I go for it. And by March, I'm no longer going to the gym and I'm back to my normal habits. What what happens there is the way that we reflect back on our past experiences and our past results will determine how we think about our future results. And so what can happen is that when we fail at our, our habits, sometimes we feel really badly about that. And so what I'd like to suggest is that 
instead of looking at our past results and looking at those with judgment, that we look at those in a different way. We reframe our results. So instead of saying, I failed on that diet or I failed uh, going to the gym, maybe that gym wasn't the right place for us. Or maybe that diet wasn't the right diet for us and our lifestyle and our body. So what we can do is, you know, we, we have, if you look at this, uh, so let me, let me give you a visual here. Let's say that there's a circle and at the top of the circle, we have our thoughts and just to the right of the circle, you have your feelings. So when we have feelings, our feelings are actually the result of what we are thinking. And when we have feelings, our feelings will directly dictate our actions, which is at the bottom of the circle. And our actions will then create our results. So as I was saying, our results, how we think back on those results will then create stories or our sub going back to our subconscious brain again, um, our thoughts about our results will create stories in our head of that will then trigger our feelings. So if I have the thought that I've always been unsuccessful, my story playing in my head might be that I'm not good at weight loss or that I'm just destined to be this size forever. And what we can do is we can call ourselves out basically and say, you know what, that's just not true because our past results don't always create our future results. Let me just summarize to make sure that we've understood this. <laughs> so the way you think about something. So for example, you could say, I, I am fat and I overeat. Or you could say, I'm comfortable around food and I eat the amount that my body needs. So those are the two sort of extremes. Sure. And those thoughts lead to emotions, which might be, for example, when you're faced with a giant slice of cake. And if you're the person who thinks, I overeat and I am fat, the emotion you might experience with that cake, well, it could be guilt, it could be relief, it could be a number of emotions. And that emotion is going to dictate our action, which could be to deprive ourselves of the cake. It could be to indulge in the cake. So none of it is actually set in stone. And then the way we look back on whatever action has. So for example, if we were to say, um, I want to deprive myself and I'm not going to eat that cake, then you then set up this, you look at the result and, and think, well, I feel deprived about that. And I feel negative emotions about not eating this. And I'm going to continue to punish myself and continue with that thought as opposed to if you change all of that and go, okay, I feel comfortable around cake. And I'm now faced with this cake. And because I'm comfortable, I feel confident saying, okay, I'm not going to eat this cake this once. And I can eat cake when I want to, just not lots and lots of it all the time. 
And then you don't have this punishing reflection. And so next time you're faced with a cake, you don't go through that cycle of beating yourself up. You just go, well, here's some cake. Until eventually you're just like, well, it's cake. Who's even thinking about cake kind of thing? And it stops being a big issue. Is that a good example of it? Right. And actually, so I would even go a few steps further and say that um, when we look at cake, are we having a judgment on whether cake is good or cake is bad? And if I eat cake, am I judging myself for eating that cake? And am I judging myself for not eating that cake? So for example, am I pious? Am I a better because I don't eat it? Um, when it's just cake, it's, there's no judgment about cake at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, how, what is our expectation then also going into that event where the cake is presented to us? Are we saying to ourselves that, I'm not going to eat it because if I do, then I'm a bad person or that, you know, I can have some because, you know, I, I want it. It looks good. Um, and so, yeah, I completely relate to this because I've had this entire experience go on in my head. And what's really interesting is that, um, I think that you just had a podcast on meditation. I did. Yes. And, I'm listening. <laughs> and so I think that meditation and meditation in the way that we just start observing our own thinking, that that can actually allow us to be a little bit more clear and open up that, that space between our feelings and our actions. So we can actually have a feeling and not react to it, but instead respond to it. So by looking then, by training our brain to actually start observing our thoughts, what we can start doing is understanding how we're feeling and then what story we're telling ourselves about that feeling. So am I bad because I'm eating cake? And then we can start to say, no, you know, turn those thoughts on their head and say, no, I'm not a bad person for wanting to eat cake. Um, And I can get this under control. Unraveling it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I always say the first, the first step in changing any habit is really being aware of it. Because as you say, unless you understand the emotion that comes behind it, you can't change it. You can't change something that you're not aware of. And so it's almost like you have to look at yourself from outside, like you're an alien. Okay, so we've talked about meditation and meditation is helpful on so many levels. But I have another question about stress. And some people deal with stress really easily and some people less so. But often people find that stress is a time when all their habits just fall to pieces. So they make their New Year's resolution and then things are going swimmingly. And then, I don't know, say March, it always happens to be March, doesn't it? You've got a really stressful time. You, I don't know, got a presentation at work. Your kids are doing this. Your in-laws have come to stay. And suddenly life is just a disaster and you just go, I can't do this anymore. So why does that happen? We fall off our habits because we haven't made that leap to the identity. 
So we haven't made that connection to this is how I do it. So for me, for example, um, there was a period of time when I would go on vacation. And when I went on vacation, it was just all on. I would eat everything that I wanted to in sight because I had this mindset shift of, well, now I'm on vacation. So now I don't have to be good. And somehow calories don't count when you're on vacation. Um, but once I made the leap to this is just how I eat now, when I go on vacation, yes, I love to try new foods of the different places that I visit, but I still pay attention to my hunger signals. Um, and I let the food tell me how much I've eaten, if that makes sense. So, uh, for example, I don't eat everything and feel really overly full because I don't like the way that feels anymore. And so um, I eat just enough and that makes me feel not indulgent or it makes me feel indulgent because it, it tastes good, but it doesn't make me feel like I've blown my diet. And I can't remember the last time um, I went on vacation and felt like I really need to needed to quote unquote pay penance uh, for the, the food that I ate while I was on vacation. Um, because it just, once you make that leap to identity and this is how I do things, then it just, becomes easy after that yeah yeah no I totally get that it's really interesting so do you have any last gold nuggets that you would like to share with us about changing habits the only thing I would have to say is kind of like what I said at the very beginning which is start really slow you know we we talked about that uh the loop of how the expectations that we have on our results and how we think about those will then determine the stories that we tell ourselves and our feelings and our actions going forward. And so if you want to change that loop and for so many women, we are, we're very willing to commit to other people but we have a really hard time committing to ourselves. So if I say that I'm going to exercise three times a week, for some reason, it doesn't seem as important for me as if I had uh, promised a friend that I would exercise with her three times a week. So I'll be there for my friend, but I won't be there for myself. If you want to start building up that trust with yourself, you need to start small. So, um, again, you know, maybe it's three times this week, I'm just going to put on my running shoes and I'm going, that's all I'm going to do, you know, so make it so super simple that you cannot fail and you are going to feel really super lame for making it, making it that simple. But what you're doing is you're training your brain to, um, to have trust in yourself and also to honor your own commitments. And so when you want to start a habit, I would suggest that you start really super small. Um, so, and after you lace up your shoes for three days that week, then maybe after two weeks, walk outside and then walk right back in. And that's all you have to do and just make it incrementally 
more difficult. Um, and soon you'll be on your goal. Now it's not super sexy, uh, because you know, you're not going from zero to 60 in one month, but if you want long-term success with your habits and you know, health is a, is a long game. It's not the quick fix result. If you want the long game, then this is the way to do it. I totally agree. I would say healthy eating and living is a marathon and not a sprint. And if you treat it as a sprint, then it just falls to pieces. Thank you so much. It has been so lovely talking to you. Yes, it's been, it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. You can find more about Elizabeth at her website, elizabethsherman.com. And I will put all her social media links in the show notes. She has a Facebook group, which is exclusively for women, um, called Health and Friends. And I'll put a link to that as well. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Please go and check her out. And please remember to sign up for my four-part workshop, how to lose weight and lead a healthy life. Okay, see you next week. Have a fabulous week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Fit and Fabulous. Remember to sign up for the free handout, Three Easy Steps to Weight Loss for Busy Mums. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could help me grow my podcast by telling a friend about it. Have a lovely day and see you next week. Bye-bye.